0: to welcome you to a fresh episode of our second season of the Past Lives Podcast. In season one, I conducted several interviews with people who experienced past life recollections and shared what they have been through with us. If you're curious about how that went, please check the previous episodes. After each of these interviews, we then shortly talked at the end about certain aspects of the pratiloma past life regression method used to get a better understanding of it. In the interview I conducted with Rhonda, she was talking quite a bit about suffering, about the manifested suffering in her life. At the end of this interview, I briefly talked about the root cause of human problems, but in today's episode, we will mostly focus on explaining what are the signs that we um, are experiencing suffering, and what are the effects of trauma in our life, and how we can overcome that. But first, let's listen again to the excerpt of the interview with Rhonda, in which she's explaining her view about the manifested suffering in her life. And if you look back at uh, all the experiences that you had so far, Could you make for us a short summary of what your impression was, like overall of this method and of the experiences that you've had as a few closing words, let's say, on on this topic?
1: Maybe what I could say is that for me in this moment, if I get to a point where there is an acute inner discomfort, a pain... A lingering anxiety, um, a m- period like a few days when I'm shifting emotions quite often, moods. You know, mm-hmm. then I know the way to definitely get to a stable, positive state of mind would be to to apply the regression technique. Once I do this, I get an immediate immediate release. There is an immediate catharsis. And besides the the awareness that that I get, the understanding that I get from it, I get this calm, spacious feeling inside. And from that, the immediate reality that was upsetting and causing the anxiety, the um, um, moodiness, let's call it so, have not changed in that one hour when I when I was uh, laying down for uh, for the regression. but my change of state of inner state completely changed actually the reality that I was living because I was able to either accept the conditions that I was living mm-hmm. or to um, connect, and interact with that reality from a totally different place. Mm -hmm. That meant, actually, that my reality was different. So, in a way, for me, it is a way in which you can transform in a very sure... It's more like a scientific method, method, you know. Mm -hmm. Every time you apply this technique, every time you get instant... Catharsis, instant release, mm-hmm. you get a level of freedom from the pain, and with that, um, more um, energy and um, resources to interact with the reality. In a new perspective from from a new perspective in a new way that has more chances to produce uh, positive experiences and better results on the longer term mm-hmm. I hope that's not too abstract but for me it's um, it has this releasing effect and empowering effect mm-hmm. by helping me helping me to live constructively through my reality.
0: Now, elaborating on that, by using the teachings from the master's book that teaches the Pratiloma method, let's see what are the signs that we are experiencing suffering. What are the effects of trauma in our life and, uh, most importantly, how can we overcome that? The rejection of painful memories uh, does not really solve the problem in most situations. This has been clearly shown by the effects of rejection because the traumatized individual's psyche is blocked. Hence, they tend to maintain the same reactions they had initially shown during the traumatic event. This may be explained by their failure to solve the situation or the intensity of their feelings being too high. That initial reaction may suffer changes in form or may become more severe, but it will be long present after the traumatic event. Trauma may be triggered by any minor evoking sign. A sign, uh, just a normal stressor of everyday life, for example. Given the triggered emotions, individuals who had suffered major traumatic events lose their ability to differentiate between triggers. Which ones are linked to the traumatic event and which ones are benign, everyday triggers? Although memory imprints may be expected to fade in time, they actually do not. Every seemingly random, everyday stressor triggers memory flashes. This wakes up the re-experiencing of the traumatic event, even in different surrounding conditions and with totally different people. This reaction is of course antisocial, but it manifests itself both physically and on a psyche level, just as it was felt initially at the time of the event. The karmic imprints formed by traumas lie deep in the subconscious and have nothing to do with the notion of time. They don't perish, they don't get old and they become a serious obstacle in the way of living a normal life since they keep bursting unexpectedly, depending on the triggers that we're getting, and violently, causing the affected individual to form an attachment to the event they couldn't process. These deeply buried events cause karmic illnesses or patterns of behavior. In energetic system terms, these are referred to as karmic blockages. Traumatic events bring about decisive and long-term negative changes in our psychological system, our emotional and mental state, and our memories. When physical, mental, and emotional integrity are compromised, we call it cognitive damage. In more serious cases, this may break the naturally integrated physical and psychological functions of the chakras. Under normal circumstances, the chakras work fully integrated, or fully uh, harmonized in a, let's say, clockwise direction. The traumatized individual shows a series of symptoms. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about today, because uh, Rhonda explained to us the way in which she experienced the suffering. And uh, sometimes it can happen that we suffer and we do not even know that we are suffering. Um this was my personal motivation to include um this topic here because when I first read this in the book it was also surprising to me <laughs> to find out that yeah I might have a few symptoms that I am uh, undergoing suffering although I did not necessarily felt that the uh, situation was like that so I did not have a feeling or I could not detect that I'm actually yeah feeling bad so let's look at um, let's look at these aspects um, that's exactly what I wanted to say about this, that many of these symptoms are considered to be normal, to be a normal part of our everyday life. And since we are considering them to be normal, we cannot even differentiate anymore if we are living a normal life, let's say, or if we are suffering. So here are some extreme situations which are producing profound um, deterioration on the psyche level. I have here um, eight different um, situations. The first one is the when it happens in the childhood period, when the psychic self-defense uh, ability is yet to be developed. Mm. And then we have a sudden unexpected occurrence of a traumatic event, like... Um, I don't know, maybe an attack, or maybe you lose a loved one. Um, Then we have individuals who feel strapped by the traumatic event and cannot see a way out. Um, Another extreme situation is of course rape, especially if if it was the first uh, sexual um, experience. Then we have trauma accompanied by serious uh, physical injuries, especially when it occurred during childhood. Um, And then Individual, I witnessed a crime committed with um, bestiality. This is also a very um, extreme situation that produces profound traumas. And also, we have tra- traumatized individuals um, who felt their life was at risk. So, these are the extreme situations. And now let's talk a bit about symptoms, about general symptoms for disorders brought by traumas. Um, Here I will just um, go through the list of the um, uh, symptoms and um, maybe you can check for yourself if you have any of these symptoms. If you do, then it means you are um, probably having some traumas and uh, you might not know it, but um, to some extent you might be in a state of suffering due to this. So we have here stress, overall weakness and shaking of limbs. We have loss of initiative and ability to visualize. Or if you're dealing with uh, situations in which you are having partial or even total loss of focus, that's also a sign. Uh, Here comes a good one. Chronic pessimism, unexplained body aches, uh, isolation, self-isolation and separation tendencies. Loss of self-confidence, a feeling of groundless shame. A permanent state of fear associated with the expectation of an imminent danger. Uh, Another symptom is if you lack plans or perspective over the future, or if you have memory disruptions or perpetual memory flashes. Um, In case of loss of memories from early childhood experiences, so if you cannot remember this, this can be a sign. And then, also repetitive nightmares and insomnia. Then, disproportionate emotional responses, like, for example, anger tantrums or depression. And then, we have stoic resignation, bluntness, and chronic lack of uh, will to live. Uh, another category are the somatized sexual inhibitions and disturbances. And we have here four more symptoms. Um, the entire spectrum of psychosomatic illnesses that's a very clear indication that you've probably been through some traumas Um, then also if you have a strong tendency to alcohol use or drug addiction um, also a more subtle one self-blaming guilty uh, conscious and also a pretty rough one uh, recurrent uh, suicidal thoughts All of the above symptoms can only be cured after the deeply rooted traumatized memory had been brought to the surface from the subconscious and the traumatized person would have been able to process and reintegrate the distorted emotions into their personality. The main characteristic of the freezing traumatizing memory is that it doesn't have a verbal imprint. Um, Frozen memory imprints are nothing but the emotions that we experience, so they basically just block there into our system. Except uh, for the dread and fright emotions, all the other emotions are stored as uh, colorless images. Cognitive failures are reinforced by distress, which is a sign that the trauma was stored in the lower part of the subconscious. The fixed patterns of behavior result from these cognitive failures. The child, as well as the adult, Uh, will often feel an irresistible impulse to repeat the traumatizing event, either consciously or subconsciously. These impulses occur because the trauma hasn't been processed. Children subconsciously reenact their trauma during play. So if you have children, um, maybe you can just take a look at them and see. How are they organizing their gameplay uh, by themselves or with their friends and uh, see what is that all about, if you can identify anything there. Adults re-experience a trauma impulse during their dreams. Just as each traumatic memory is different, traumatic dreams differ from normal dreams too. The most important difference is this. Nightmares occur during the time in the sleep phase when dreams don't usually occur. Trauma dreams repeat over and over again, so the individual re-experiences their trauma with the same intensity as when it first occurred. The nervous state reaches the same levels as at the time of the trauma, hence the smallest surrounding stimuli received during sleep may produce violent reactions at the sudden waking up from the nightmare. The central element of all traumas is the helplessness. As a response to the imperative of the repetitive impulse, the braver individuals will try to make numerous attempts in regaining their control. Their multiple failures in succeeding lead to an increasing narrowing of their spiritual world, which usually separates them from the chance to get outside help. Regardless of the way the traumatizing events are re-experienced, whether it is within dreams or memories or acts, the entire emotional load takes hold of the individuals. That is why people carefully and deliberately avoid the smallest chance to recall that event. One more reason why they are difficult to be approached and therefore treated. The traumatizing events certainly crash all our illusions and crumble to dust both our feeling of safety on this earth, as well as our faith in God, and the goodness of our human fellows. Our self-esteem falls apart, therefore our healthy self-image gradually fades, only to eventually perish. Our confidence that we can live as ourselves slowly perishes along with our feeling of belonging to this human community and its natural environment. The more dread we feel, the more important it becomes to us, the need to surround ourselves with people who might protect us. Hence, people who had gone through a strong traumatic event need much more compassion and sympathy from their human fellows. So the traumatized individual will oscillate between their self-isolation tendency and their desire to hang on to others. I'll just make a short break here because I would also like to uh, yeah, share with you from my own experience. I was dealing with this quite a uh, few years, I mean quite a lot of years, um, oscillating between my tendency to self-isolate and the desire to be among people. But uh, to be honest, I really did not consider this as um as a problem or or as or as a symptom that i um i had traumas in my life or in my past lives when i read it here however it at least uh, raised the question so i am currently investigating this so coming back to this uh, therefore um the intimate relationships will be dominated by their craving for affection and protection while nurturing toxic and wary feelings about their human fellows. This was about the case in which individuals feel this um, tendency from switching from isolation to uh, being with people. Coming back to the repetition compulsion phenomenon, we can further determine that there are two ways of manifestation. Manifestation. We have an active form and a passive form, and the active manifestation turns the individual into an aggressor, especially when their trauma occurred in their childhood. Most of the time they try to release their childhood trauma tensions inside their immediate family, oftentimes on their own children. Our belief that the world is a beautiful, safe place starts to form in our first years of life, which are the foundation of our self-esteem. However, this time of our life is also the source of some of the most serious traumas. This is why the processing of our traumas and emotional scars must go as far back as the earliest childhood phases. And this we can do very efficiently by using the Pratilomayana method. So, if... um you noticed that you might have any of the symptoms, which I uh, talked about today, and if you'd like to try out a pratilomayana session for yourself, to start dissolving those traumas there which are bothering you, or you just want to find out more about the method, or if you have any questions, or you would like to share your experience, please drop a line at ask at pastlife-knowledge.uk. Uh, you will also find the email in the description of the episode. For now, I thank you for being with me today too. I'm looking forward to welcome you again next week for a new episode.